Hello, friends, and welcome back once again to Goonies World. I am always M. Meanie, also known as Ryan, and joining me, of course, as always, are Goonie, also known as Colin. Hello there. And Johnny Farrow, also known as Sean. Hello, everyone, and if you're wondering why I'm speaking in an English accent, or reasonable facsimile thereof, it's because tonight we are going to merry old England, long in the past. No, in fact, uh, we will be taking our annual December break after this episode, so we're going to leave you with a little yuletide tale from long ago. And we do return to merry old England in the reign of King Richard II, who is generally not well thought of by his subjects, but he is anointed by God and therefore must be tolerated. And our characters are a falconer and a fool in the service of the great noble Lord Salisbury. And uh, let's start off by introducing our falconer. Well, do I have to go first? Of course you have to go first. All right then, fine. Well, my name's uh, Addison Cooper, and uh, I've got this bird. His name's Paul, <laughs> um, and it, you know we like to hunt with him and, and get um you know he, he's good at it, and um you know I, I like um he's nice, but he's really got really sharp claws and really sharp you know beak. Where he can like poke fangs and like. St- stab uh, little creatures with and, and stuff um you know and i got this this glove also of course because you know i don't want him like you know poking holes in me hands um anyway um but you know i'm just a kind of a, i just i just i don't know i'm 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 a short little guy you know scrawny but but short and, and just kind of mid mid to late 30s you know uh, pretty old for the time i suppose but uh you know, male pattern baldness. You know, all, all my life, um, ever since I was um, about twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Brown. <laughs> okay, well, we have a bit of Addison Cooper, our falconer, and uh, let's hear about our fool. Uh, who you calling a fool? I'm a jester. Get it right. Um. Yes. Yeah, so um. My name is. Uh, what is my name? Gregory Blake. And I'm a... I'm a bleeding jester. And I'm real funny. <laughs> He's the funniest I've ever seen. Yeah. I, uh... Didn't want to be a jester, but, uh... Lord Salisbury saw me falling off my horse. He thought that was real funny. He said... Oh, how would you like to be a jester and make me laugh all the time? Because you're so funny. And I said, oh, God, that would be a great honor. And now here I am. I'm a, just a real funny guy. <laughs> what do you look like? Uh, he's a big, big guy who would probably be pretty good at uh, anything but gesturing, <laughs> uh, like uh, fighting or or even falconing, <laughs> falconeering or yeah. whatever. Uh, uh yeah, he's a big guy. Got a. <laughs> I think I want to say he even has like a, a beard that could be, like a pointy beard that could be, uh, that you would probably expect a, a falconer to have. Um, well, it's funny, you know. I can't even grow facial hair. <laughs> now that is funny. 
Well, and it's, it's not funny because I can't grow it on me head either. <laughs> I'm just, I'm like a, like a, one of those cats without any fur, you know? I'm all wrinkly. <laughs> Have you seen my balls? <laughs> no, I haven't seen your bullocks, and I don't want to. Well, you guys are having this conversation as you're walking up a, a broad spiral stairway because you've been summoned to appear before the Lord Salisbury. And the Yuletide season is upon us, of course. And as you enter his chamber, you can see through his uh, uh, unglazed windows, uh, snow falling outside in, on the Salisbury Plain. And there's a roaring fire in the fireplace. There's like some uh, swords crossed on the walls and tapestries. And a few of the servants are trying to, the, the body servants of uh the Lord Salisbury trying to squeeze him into his tight leather hose, and the Lord Salisbury's a big guy. He's uh, he's been successful in life, and uh, he has a huge like walrus-style mustache and a great big spare tire around the middle. But when he sees you, he's like, ah, oh, ah, oh! and he's just get the bloody things off, and he's hoseless and wraps a blanket around himself and uh, walks up to you and sits down by the fire. Doesn't doesn't uh, tell you to sit down. In fact, there's no place for you to sit. But he sits by the fire and he's like, ah, my falconer and my hilarious fool. I just love that dry wit. And so it's the best thing I ever did, taking you into my service. My good late wife did love you so as well. And always enjoyed gazing upon you. And all the times, my good falconer, Mr. Cooper, that we've spent together out on the moors and out on the plains with our birds. Ah, what good times. That's why I've called you here today. You know that you're among my most faithful of my household staff. And I have a very important mission for you. You know, as you know, our good King Richard II spends the Yuletide season on progress, where his court goes from noble castle to noble castle, you know, and uh, in entertains itself at the local noble's expense. This year, however, King Richard has chosen not to grace me with his presence. Oh, no. But no, he'll be staying with that rotten upstart, the Lord Dacusi of Kent. Now, usually... Oh, not the Yes, Dacusi himself. Very arrogant young man. Very arrogant. And uh, really makes me ill, sick to my stomach when I think of him. Uh, he's vacant. and But never mind. Never mind all that. He won't be a problem for long because you're going to help me. Now, as you know, my good lady wife, Elizabeth, has died. And I am still a very virile man, he says, patting his great belly. And uh, as you know, I've had my eye on the rather delectable sister of our king, the good Princess Mary. But so does Dacusi, you see. We both fancy her. And now Dacusi has the advantage of me. He'll enjoy her company at the Yuletide feast, playing the host, have a chance to impress the king, who is rather easily impressed just between the three of us. So this cannot be. I charge you, my faithful servants, with a noble quest. Now I'll be sending my man Lord Scrope to the feast to represent me, and you will go as his serving men to attend him there. Now during the feast, you must see to it that Lord de Cousy is embarrassed and shamed and, and degraded, so much so that King Richard would never consent for his sister to marry him. She will instead, of course, marry me, the only other suitable alternative. Now, although I would miss your company in my service, if you do this for me, then I shall enrich and ennoble you. I will make you knights of the realm, perhaps with your own bit of land. Huh? That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? 
Oh, yeah, but what, what's the part about your scrope? No, 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 Lord Scrope, of course, Scrope. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, yes, sorry. Yes, one, 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 You're a funny guy. Yeah, so funny, <laughs> I so wonder you're not a jester. But I'll tell you this. It's not like you have a choice. I'm your, I'm your master and I am ordering you on this quest. But I've been a kind master, I believe, and I'll be kinder still if you do this for me, as you will see. Now, I know Lord Scroop is not the most exciting... Lord Scrope, excuse me, is not the world's most exciting fellow, but he is my late wife's brother, and there's, he will be uh, of the appropriate social class to represent me at the feast. Uh, uh, please send word that I am down uh, with the head cold, you see, and will be unable to attend. I wouldn't want to give His Majesty the sniffles. But Dacusi must look like an ass. Is that understood? Right, um, so uh, is there any limitations on uh, what you want us, uh, you know, to do uh, to embarrass this, this gentleman? My imagination knows no limitations, but certain practical matters should... I mean, I would hate to see either of you gentlemen endanger your immortal souls by uh, committing any murder or maiming or such thing. No, no, I just want the man to look like an idiot, like an ass, like he can't control his own home. Something. I don't care what. You're resourceful fellows. Do I have to think of everything? No, that's, uh, that's fine. I uh, just, uh, are we, are we going as, like, official, uh, representatives and, uh, are we to be, um, am I to be going as a gesture? Absolutely. You're oh, yourselves. Yeah. There's no cloak and dagger in business oh. here. Uh, no, but you'll be, of course, serving Lord Scrope during the feast, which means you would stand behind him and wait upon him. But the Yuletide feast is usually uh, uh, quite gay, and many uh, social inhibitions are let down. I do believe you will have the opportunity to mingle freely with the household staff and uh, engage in conversations with your betters. Of course, you'll have to read the lay of the land when you get there. Now, I'm not sending a large detachment either, because I do not trust Lord Henry of Northumberland, and I will be, of course, marshalling most of my household knights here. However, we will send you with a wagon and my good driver, Mr. Goody. And uh, Lord Scrope will, of course, ride in the wagon, and uh, you two should give him his privacy, his privacy, along the journey's way. Along the way, it will take you... A few days to reach Kent from here, but I would urge you to make all haste, and hopefully the roads are still clear. But do you have any? Whoa! Sorry, I, I didn't. I didn't mean to interrupt, my lord. I just, I, I just concerned perhaps that Jacuzzi might, um, you know, he might think uh, that you sent that. You, I mean, does, he, does he know that you fancied the princess? I think everyone knows. Yes, yes. Well, I'm just concerned that he might think that. That you know, you sent us to make him look stupid, and then he'll like try to take revenge on you, and then you know, then it would make me very sad. And also, it might be a Salisbury mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was waiting for that one. That was better than what I was imagining, though. Uh, well, I'll tell you this. He will not be able to take his revenge so easily when I am brother-in-law to the king. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good point. Right. Well, let's go then. Yes, you should be on your way. I'll have Mr. Goody meet you down at the stables. Oh, yes. You'd perhaps better take those. And he points at the crossed swords on the wall. 
Just in case. And now oh, we're talking. Just in case you're waylaid by bandits. However, it would be very bad form for you to wear them during the feast, not being members of the nobility. If you have a small knife about you, you could secrete that about your person, perhaps. What? They're going to let Pete... Uh, Paul, sorry. Are they going to let Paul in? Oh, yes. There will be many animals there. Dogs running about, oh. men with their falcons. Well, all of whom were very well... All, falcons are generally very well behaved at these things. Flying about the Great Hall, entertaining people with their beauty. Such fine and noble animals. I'm sure you agree, Mr. Cooper. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm not scared of them at all. Well, I should hope not, being a falconer. <laughs> I, I wonder I wonder if I could train him to poop on, on Decuse's head. I'll work on that on route to Kent. <laughs> Sounds like a bloody good idea. Now, if you'll excuse me, I must uh, squeeze my way into these hoes and uh, get about my business. <laughs> that was unintentional, I assure you. Unintentional wordplay. <laughs> sure, you're not the jester. <laughs> All right, that's that's. Oh, forgive, forgive that's me, my lord. That's out of the both of you now. Get going. And uh, with a clap of his hands, you're dismissed. And don't come back until Takuzi is made to look like an idiot in front of the king. Right. So where are we going to ride uh, in a, like, I assume there's like a carriage. Yeah, right? it's a carriage. And uh, it's, uh, of course, they don't even have suspension and things like this in, the, in these days. Uh, but it's clearly intended that you would not ride inside. No, you would ride uh, either on the bench with, uh, with Mr. Goody. Or I imagine you probably could be issued horses to ride alongside would probably be the most realistic thing. And of course, Lord Scrope, who you have to wait like a good quarter of an hour for while you're down there. So you have plenty of time to uh, requisition some some horses from the stable and get them ready for you to ride. You've got the swords that your lord gave you. And uh, Lord Scrope does come down. He's a... Uh, uh, very bleary-eyed, looks like he's he's been awake all night um, and was not expecting this summons. But he is, as I said, uh, Lord Salisbury's late wife's brother and is widely known as not being very useful for any other purpose. And he's just here out of respect for the memory of, uh, you know, Lady Salisbury now. But, oh, yes, uh, so I see, uh, Mr. Cooper and, uh, and Mr. Blake, yes, yes, yes. I'll be happy to travel in your company. Of course, I will need most of the interior to myself, but I see you have horses. Yeah, yeah, we'll just ride the horses, it's fine. No, Don't worry about I us. I want to make sure you know what you're doing. You'd know how to serve a gentleman during a feast, yes? Uh, well, yeah. I don't. Uh, I mean, you just pour the wine and in, in, in that, right? I mean, it's you do what you're told. Yes, that's right. Except the trick is, the trick is, if I have to tell you, it reflects badly on me. You see, as servants, you will automatically anticipate my wants and take care of them without me having to ask. Do you understand? Well, it depends on uh, what. How many wants are you going to have? have to have because uh, we've got a job to do and uh, you know I'm a personal favorite of uh, Lord Salisbury oh, my, very nice. he, he quite in, he quite enjoys my humor yeah so uh, I don't I I've don't got think to, funny at all 
Nah. Oh, well, you don't know. Are you, are you kidding me, Roy? He's the funniest bloody jester I've ever seen in my life. Well, don't worry. It's got my needs funny. will be minimal. Merely keep my wine glass full, and if there are any choice delectables that you see, you make sure my plate is full of them. Do laugh if I make a witty remark. But I will give you your freedom of movement. After I am served, please feel free to circulate. I am well aware of your mission. What's your favourite? What's your favourite morsel? So I'll make sure to get it for I'm you. I'm quite fond of the quail. Any of those lovely little quails would be lovely if they're having them. Also, I do enjoy a good candied eel. Right, quails and eels. Yes, yes. So very well. Well, why, why, why do you keep me here waiting and waiting while you chit chat and blather? Let's go. He claps his hands, and Mister Goody uh, opens the door for him, and Lord Scrope gets onto the coach, and Mister Goody begins the uh, long drive to Kent, and then I'll assume that you all uh, ride along on, on horseback. Hey. Oh yeah. Now it is snowing, like I said, but it's a gentle snow. It's not like a blizzard. And the snow hasn't had a chance to pile up too much. There's still tufts of grass and things like that in the snow. And you ride out of uh, the Lord's Castle and down across a little brook, the bridge over it, and out onto the Salisbury Plain. It's a windy country, but there's not much wind now. It's almost like you're in a snow globe with the snow. It's very beautiful. And every now and then you'll see fires in the distance. And, of course, you pass a few thieves, the corpses of thieves hanging naked from gallows on the road every now and then with a sign about how King Richard had done this. And you pass uh, uh, a few villages. In fact, first night you stop in a little village and Lord Scrub complains about the accommodations. In the middle of the second day you pass Stonehenge, which is off to your uh, left. The road goes down to the south of it and you can see it there. Uh, you could definitely believe the stories that giants must have built it. There's no way anyone else could have, could have put that up. It had to have been put together by giants in the past. And uh, beyond that, you enter the forests of Kent. And the road plunges into the forest. This is still, there's still a few old growth forests in England. There's this forest, this Kentish forest here. There's Sherwood Forest further north. But you ride into the forest and... The snow, of course, has picked up over, you know, it's been going steadily, so it's definitely blanketing the ground now. You don't see only the tallest plants stretch out, you know, uh, through the snow. But the road is still quite easy to see because there's no trees. And you plunge into the forest, and you don't go far before an arrow just... Right into the coach, right in the seat next to Mr. Goody, who immediately stops... And uh, you hear a voice, Hold on there, hold on there, from the forest. If you would be so good as to, you know, you don't see anybody, right? If you would be so good as to lay your valuables out upon the road, you may keep your weapons for personal protection, of course, but tell whatever fancy gent or ladies in that coach to uh, just drop their rings and the coins and the things like that out the door, yes? Yes, that's there's some good lads. Don't be silly. I have dozens and dozens of cutthroats covering you right now with their longbows. Oh, shite. What, what, what are we going to do? We can't abandon our mission. 
And again, you don't see anybody. There's just this this voice. Well, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to. That's not gonna work. Well, two men. We ain't got any value. Two men step out, and they don't say anything. But they're they are burly looking men. One of them's got a big scar across his face. Uh, the other one has a club foot because uh, this is wrapped up in bandages. He's got one boot, but he still moves at a good clip. They both have arrows with their bows. They both have bows drawn, you know, with arrows knocked. And that voice comes out again. Like I say, I don't rob servants. I'm only into robbing the rich. So if you wouldn't mind, just have whatever fellow or lady is riding in that coach there. Just give them a little knock and have them, uh, have them drop their valuables just right out on the ground. Oh well, there's nobody in there. We're just we're just uh, we're on a mission to relocate this to Kent for uh for uh for the king. What? It's empty. There's yeah. a rustling in the woods, and a guy. You can have a look. There's a rustling in the woods. Have a look for yourself. <laughs> a guy walks out. Uh, a guy walks out. He's wearing this ridiculous hat, and uh, big ermine coat. Like he looks way too much money to be just hanging around in the woods, but he's a very tall fellow too. And there's a few more people that walk out, but there's nothing like dozens and dozens. And everyone but him, you know, looks awful. But he goes, hello, hello, hello. Well, I'll just check this out myself. You know, I suppose you've heard of me, Long Robin, and my gay high women. Uh, have we? Not. What? You've not heard of me. Can't say that we have, no. Um... Well, I suppose it's not surprising. You see, I just got into robbing. This just started that recently. I say, have you ever done any robbing? Of course not. Oh, yes, yes. Well, it could be very lucrative. At least I'm, I'm told so. My good cousin Loxley in the north. But uh, let's let's just open this. Uh, you guys going to let him go open the... Well, well, I'll let him walk over and then I'm going to just like slash his fucking head off with my sword. Okay, well, he walks <laughs> over to the door and reaches out to open it. But uh, I assume you're still on horseback, right? Yeah, and yeah. so you amble over and slice his head off. Well, you try to. You hope you do. So we're both going to roll a d12. We're both making act rolls. We're both rolling our act stat. It's an opposed roll, but he's just trying to dodge. He didn't have a weapon drawn to attack you. But he got a 7, which fails for him anyway. Well, I rolled a Oh, one. well. You have wounded him. You haven't killed him yet. He's a major character, sort of. I mean, his mind, anyway. But that hat comes right off, as well as a, just a big chunk of his scalp. He screams, cries out to the ground. All the other men, instead of attacking you, they all rush over to him, fall down. Oh, 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 you, uh, Lord, Lord, my hat, my, uh, my, 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 my head, my, he's screaming. You bleeding idiot, you cut off my hair. You cut, uh, well, you've robbed me of my hair. <laughs> he uh, begins to cry, and uh, then you do hear about a half dozen bowstrings pull back. Is there anything either of you can say to prevent them from loosing those bows? Hey, maybe we can uh, hire them for some help to on our uh, on our mission. I don't have any money. Well, this this fellow inside does. We'll just have him. We'll just let him get robbed, and but we'll but we'll say uh, uh, there's more if uh, if he can help us uh, 
embarrass this Dakusi guy. Who's going to sew my head back on? He's a big flap of scalp hanging off. He's trying to put it back into place now. Uh, oh, that's nasty. I've got. Well, sorry. Got a good mind to just rob you anyway. Oh. Tell. Hey, listen. Uh, let me tell you something. There's a guy inside. He's got all kinds of rings. Uh, his, his pockets are lined with all sorts of gold, I bet. Uh, you could do well uh, just uh, by robbing him, but you could also get a lot more if you uh, want to do a little uh, favor for us. What sort of a favor? And who's going to sew my head back on? Yeah. We'll have the finest doctors in the world sew so, uh, so that scalp back on. But uh, the favor would include uh, embarrassing uh, a fancy uh, a fancy lord. Oh, well, I'm afraid I'm not welcome in most of the fancy places, you see. I, I was a fancy lord myself, but the king, damn his eyes, has uh, disinherited me, which is why I've been forced to take up robbing. And, ah, this hurts. My, my. <sighs> well, uh... <laughs> Maybe, uh, maybe we could get him outside. You could just kill him. Because, uh, you know, we're supposed to do this this kind of uh, routine where we're embarrassing, but I don't understand why we just don't kill him. It'd be the easiest thing to do in the world. Well, I don't know about killing. I mean, robbing, that's one thing. But I don't know about killing. Well, the, okay, then rob him. Because, uh, I think, um, that's embarrassing, right? To be, to be robbed is a, a wealthy lad like that. I think it is embarrassing to be robbed. And you know what? You're about to find that out. Men, let fly if they interfere. And uh, he tries to open the door of the coach again. Do you want to uh, stop him? Uh, I mean, given what uh, Gregory has just said, I... Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. He opens the coach door. All right, you, he says to uh, Lord Scrope. Ah, I see you're prepared very well. And he comes out holding a small purse. Yes. You see, no one needed to die after all. We just done a little bit of robbing. Very well. Now, don't forget. Tell them who robbed you, Long Robin and his gay highwaymen. And now, oh, oh, this smart. Don't touch it, he says to Man. Well, I think we should change your name to Scalp Flap Robin. And uh, a few of his men laughed at me. He said, shut up! Shut up, all of you! All right, well, you've been warned. <laughs> and he melts, he tries to melt back off into the forest, but... Uh, it might get a hood to cover that up. I heard that! He said. <laughs> no, oh, and, and once he's really far away, he goes, I'll have you know... Long Robin will have his revenge. Oh, my beautiful hair. My beautiful hair. Lord Scrope leans out of the coach. I just figured it was easier to give him a small purse with a ring or two. It was getting embarrassing for everyone. Well, I'm sorry, my lord. I didn't know. I, had, I heard dozens of bowstrings come back, and I just, you know. No, no. I'm quite impressed with your martial prowess. A lesser man would have cut his head off. But to humiliate him such, that, was, that bodes very well for our mission. 
Of course, you can't scalp Dakusi, you know. Much like yourself, he suffers from baldness. Before his time as well. This is what I've been told. All right, now enough wasted time. Let us move on. Lord Scrope claps his hands again, and Mr. Goody gets the coach going. And after your altercation with Long Robin, the rest of your journey passes without incident. And you can see in the distance Dukusi's castle with its attendant village. And uh, you ride over a brook, which is uh, semi-frozen, but not all frozen. There are chunks of shit floating in it and other refuse. And uh, a bridge goes over that little brook. And then you find yourself uh, approaching the walls to Dukusi's castle. They're only about eight feet high. Uh, it wouldn't withstand like a serious siege, but the castle itself is a great four-towered Norman keep. And the smell of the village hits you about 40 yards away as you uh, go through the open gate. But there are many other carriages arriving as well, and there's just a flurry of activity in the courtyard as servants... Uh, rush up. They're all wearing gold and purple uniforms. They rush up and take care of your horses and uh, get done off and the horses are rushed off to to uh, the stables and Lord Scrope is of course much fussed over by the servants and he's led in. You just follow along there's not a lot you could do unless you'd like to try to break away and go explore the castle on your own. You are first whisked off to Lord Scrope's quarters which are not impressive, almost insultingly so. It's almost as if he's purposely trying to insult Lord Salisbury by giving me his representative these mean rooms. Lord Scrope says to you after the servants have settled you. Yeah, it looks like it to me too. I mean, uh, my, my quarters are better than this, and I'm a peasant. Yes, yes. Well, you're luckier than a peasant, of course. At least you need not toil in the fields and tear your hands, as so many of them do. But, anyway, I brought outfits for both of you. And he brings out uh, green and scarlet uniforms. And I believe they should fit. These will, uh, of course, now you'll want to wear your jester's bells and hat so that you are clearly known as a fool. But uh, I, I will be reflect. It will reflect better upon me if you're wearing this uniform with the colors of my house. Right, of course. Yes, I'm. I'm going to uh, dress up as a jester. Let everyone know what a fool I am. Of course. Yes, yes. And uh, of course, I will need your help getting ready, please, both of you. And he disrobes, and you guys have to like. He just stands there and lets you put him into his clothes like a baby, you know. He holds his arms out, and you have to put one arm in, and that kind of thing, and button him up, and dust him off, because you're here to serve him and be his servants. He didn't bring any others. Now, whether you actually do all that is up to you, but clearly that's what he's expecting. Well, I'm not gonna not do it. I mean, I, you know, that's what we're, I'm part yes, of what we're that's here right. for. Anyway, Good man, so. Mr. Cooper, leaping in, taking initiative like that. Yes, appreciate that. Well, I certainly hope that there's some delicious things to eat at this feast and some delicious entertainment. I've actually never seen our good King Richard in person, so I'm much looking forward to basking in his royal presence. But, 
Um, oh, yes, I can hear them now. There's a fanfare of trumpets that are announcing the feast, and it's darkening outside now. And then, uh, you know, it gets dark early this time of year. And you, you uh, go through the broad hallways of the palace. Well, it's not a palace. It's a Norman keep. But it feels like a palace to you. And you suddenly come out into the gaily decorated hall, the great hall of Lord Dekusi. And there's an elevated table down at one end under the huge tapestry. Um, it's a tapestry of the uh, Iliad, a popular subject at this time. Uh, though, big Trojan horse, you know, outside the wall of Troy. And that's what's... Uh, dominating the room. But there's also a huge fir tree that they've decorated with berries and candles. So, you know, it's a great big yuletide tree. And there's a huge open fireplace in the middle. So it's like a great bonfire in a stone ring in the center of the room with the smoke just going up into the rafters far above. And, you know, it's probably about the size of a high school gymnasium in here. There's about a hundred people already in here at two long tables that are on either side of that central fire pit. And of course, the elevated table at the back just kind of crosses those like a T, you know. And people are already, already squeezing in. And somebody announces, Lord Scrope of Salisbury! And there's some smattered applause as he is led to his seat at the table. Of course, Dacuzzi himself, none of the people at the head table are there yet. But, um... You do see a plate of candied eels nearby. It's being passed from hand to hand. It looks like they are almost all gone. Do either of you want to take quick action to secure the plate of candied eels? Yeah, why don't you go and get, grab an eel real fast? You want me to do it? Oh, all right, then. Yeah, go get, go get one of those slimy eels before they're gone and, and uh, bring it over. Well, and there's a there's a servant, you know, in the gold and purple uniform. He's holding the the plate of candy deals over his head. But uh, there is a rather heavy set gentleman uh, whose ancestry you do not know. Who looks like he's just gonna scoop them all onto the plate unless you can make a act roll and step in real quick. We'll all make it try a roll. Right on it. With seven. Oh. Blast it, says the heavy set gentleman. Oh, I do so love those candied eels. Hmm. Well, so does my lord, and he he, he will have to get something. No, who is your lord? Lord, Is that your lord, Lord Scrope? Scrope, yeah. Oh, well, I knew his beloved dear sister, so I suppose suppose he should have his candied eels. It's not like they won't be bringing out candied eels all evening. Oh, very good. Thank you. Thank you for those candy deals. Very quick thinking. Yeah, yeah. Says Lord Scrope. Sure, my lord. Anything for you, yes, my lord? fill my wine glass then. Fill it quickly. All right. That'll fill it yes, up. Yes, fill it up, Varlet, or you should be punished. Just doing that for effect, he says. Uh, at any rate, soon enough, there's another fanfare of trumpets. And, uh... The Lord Dacuzzi himself walks in. He has a smug face. He just has a smug expression. There's no other way to put it. Sort of a half smile, like he knows something you don't. 
and he's wearing full ceremonial armor too, which is ridiculous, and it's all shiny, glinting, and in the firelight, throwing off sparkles, and the great cloth of gold cloak that he's wearing, and of course he is, as you've heard, prematurely bald, because he's maybe about 24 or 25, and uh, very handsome. But uh, he, of course, comes in without a lady because he's unmarried. And everyone in the place applauses, you know, applauds as he enters. He waves and takes his seat at the high table. And he stands. Thank you, thank you, all of you, for coming to my humble feast. Yes, I'm so glad to see you. I am very, I'm very sad, though, that uh, my good Lord Salisbury chose not to attend. Lord Scrope, uh, why does Lord Salisbury not attend? But Lord Scrope has his mouth full of the candied eels. Do one of you guys want to answer instead? Uh, sorry. <clears throat> Excuse me. Apologies, my lord. Uh, uh, lord Salisbury's uh, uh, come down with a, a bit of a sniffle, and he uh, he didn't want to bring it to, into your court. Oh, well, well, how... How sad that Lord Scrope needs his servants to do his explaining for him, but I guess that's... Well, he's got his mouth. I guess Sorry. that's how they do things in Salisbury. Well, no, but he did have, you know, he's, stuffing, he's got these eels in his mouth. He didn't, I don't think he, he didn't want to spit them across the room and tarnish your uh, shiny well, armor. Well, in that case, we thank him. And we thank you, impetuous servant. Now serve your master and cease speaking to your betters, he says. And you think, yeah, that guy is kind of an asshole. <laughs> but uh, he goes, now I will introduce some of our fine guests. Uh, this, of course, is the, lo the great Lord Baggett. And there's a man sitting there next to him at the uh, head table now who's filed in from the end. This guy looks tough. And you've heard of Lord Baggett. He fought in France, and uh, he's got an eye patch. Uh, steel gray hair and beard wears all black and he's clearly sitting in a you know right hand man status to Lord Ducusi and my good sister Lady Jane he says and she is as plain as he is handsome and uh, she has a terrible overbite as well and like no chin and she looks very glum there's another guy who's all neck fat. It's like a huge roll of neck fat with a tiny little face on top of it. He's wearing the white and red vestments of a high priest. And of course, the Archbishop Lawton Smiley of Canterbury, says uh, Dacusi, and introduces him. <clears throat> and without further ado, let us all fall upon our knees, says Dacusi, and thank God for our gracious highness, Richard, the second of his name. And he falls to his knees. And of course, everybody in the entire room better do so. And the doors are flung open. And a man walks in wearing a huge, long ermine robe. He has a kind of a Prince Valiant style bob, you know, of sandy hair. And he looks like he's tried to grow a mustache and a beard, but he can't really so it's just sort of some stubble uh, almost pubic you know stubble on his lip and chin a crown that seems a little too big for him 
and there are two men. His robe is so long that you know he's two men carrying you know carrying the back of it, and he sort of gives a half-hearted gesture with one hand, and with him of course, and with him our good and beautiful Queen Isabella, and a woman comes in wearing all pink and gold gown. It's uh, intricate, almost paisley cloth of gold on pink, and she says something in French, and a few of her ladies in waiting laugh, and they are seated, but she doesn't even sit on the same side of the table as the king. She sits on the other side of the table. Uh, the two men who uh, carried the king's uh, robe sit on either side of him. And yes, of course, the illustrious Sir Buck and Sir Futter introduces uh, uh indicating those gentlemen. And of course, gracing us with her beauty as a rose graces a garden is the lovely Princess Mary. And a very beautiful woman walks in. She sort of looks like King Richard, but uh, she's she's a, a beloved delight to behold. She has the same sort of sandy hair, only with her it looks more like amber. Her eyes are flashing green, and every head in the place turns. And Dacusi, of course, has selected a spot right next to him where she'll have to sit. It's the only one left. He's maneuvered it to where that's the only place she has left. And now, if the Archbishop Lawton Smiley would care to say a few words to begin our feast, and with some help from the servants, the Archbishop stands and begins to pray. And 32 minutes later, he sits down and uh, let the feast begin, says Lord Dacusi. And uh, the food begins coming out. And uh, now you guys can hang around here. You can go back into the kitchens. You can go wherever you want and do whatever you want because... Metagamingly speaking, as the game master, I am done driving, and here are the keys. Tell me what you do. All right. Um, there's a lot of options here. Um, uh, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> oh, don't. Uh well, I had the idea about getting the bird, uh, you know, Paul to uh, poop on him, but I didn't, uh, couldn't figure out how to train a bird. Oh, come on, you're supposed to be a... What do you mean you couldn't figure out how to train a bird? Well, not to train him to, to have a shite. We had to train him well, to hunt. And you can't even do that right, I don't think. You're too scared of the bird. You can't scared. show fear. I'm not scared of the bird, and just then, like, the bird, like, makes a... <laughs> Falcon right. noise and then yeah. like flinches. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you some advice. Uh, the minute you show fear, that bird's gonna peck your eyes right out, or, or worse, it's gonna scrape its talons right across your face and rip it right off. Ooh, that gives me an idea. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there, yeah, that now you're talking. Well, as you guys are talking, you have a chance to look around the room a little bit. Now, all these great and noble people, yeah, they're wearing flashy clothes and they command everyone's attention. But much like Lord Scrope, behind each one of these people are, you know, servants like yourselves standing. 
And uh, I'll, I want you guys both make think rolls just to see if there's any useful details you can glean from uh, keeping your eye out on some of these servants at the head table. Unfortunately, I failed with an 11. You don't know shit. I passed with a 5. Well, you do notice that uh, the servant who's serving Dakusi and his sister, uh, he steps back out of the firelight every now and then and pulls out a bottle. Looks like he's having himself a little, a little illicit drink. And uh, you also notice that uh, Lord Futter... One of the two companions of the king. He's his hand is on the king's knee under the table, and uh, that that's that's perhaps of interest. And uh, far off in the distance, you can hear somebody screaming in the kitchens. And you also notice that uh, the queen's servant. He's a he's a young gentleman, but every time she snaps her fingers at him, just look just passes over his face like he wants to strangle her. And uh, Finally, you do notice a guy sitting looking very glum by the fire. He's dressed as a fool as well. Um, only he's wearing like the full-on skin-tight, you know, Harlequin-style fool's outfit. And he's holding his stomach and wincing. And uh, that's that's just some more details, some more things to play with as you uh, look around the room and think of what to do. Now, which which person does he serve? Well, he's probably uh, Dakusi's fool. You know, the king has his own fool, but he might not travel with him. Yeah, but he's probably Dakusi's house. Well, you know he is, because he's wearing the, the Harlequin outfit, but he probably has a tabard of purple and gold, just like uh, all the rest of Dakusi's servants. Well, I did have an idea. Well, that other servant, the one that's uh, having a drink. You know, oh, yeah, think- nipping, nipping, uh, nipping, having a nip. Right we could uh, <clears throat> encourage that a little bit more you know uh, get him nipping some more then maybe we could uh, get him to do something that would embarrass uh, that would embarrass Lord Dacusi you know like we could get him get him alone that servant tell him something that uh, that uh, his lord you know wanted done right and uh, he's drunk enough, he'll, he'll go for it. Something really m- embarrassing. I mean, if it was up to me, I'd just have him go and kick him right in the bollocks, but I don't think he'd go for that, no matter how drunk he is. No, I don't think he would. But if, like, uh, you know, he said, if uh, he's got uh, a spill or something, like he wants it, he wants uh, his pants cleaned up or something, then. You know, he sent him over, he starts uh, patting him down or something. Oh, well, maybe if we, maybe if he gets drunk enough, he'll vomit right on his bald head. Well, that's an well, idea. There's plenty of uh, spirits to... floating around. <laughs> there's plenty of things to drink, plenty of bottles to use in that kind of plan, for sure. But you're talking about uh, Paul ripping my face off kind of made me want to, uh, you know, give it a go with... Uh, Seeing if I could do something with the bird, but I don't know. Yeah, but it's got to be, uh... See, we don't want to embarrass uh, our lord, of course. If it's, uh... You know, if it, maybe if it's just some... 
bird. Maybe we get some other birds in here. You could uh, train them in to do something, you know? Not poor Paul. Paul can be traced back to us. Or, you know, maybe there's some other falconeers in here we can... We can look around Excuse and see. Excuse me, my wine glass has been empty for five minutes, says Lord Scroll. Oh, pardon me. We were just, uh, we were discussing about the best way to, s to serve you so we can uh, go about our business. Yes, yes, yes. Don't let me stop you in that. But we're, we really, we must keep up appearances. Mm -hmm. Well, here, here, I'll pour you some more wine then, my lord. Yes, thank you. Oh. Hey, make a make a think roll again, both of you. Fuck another eleven. Ooh, I got a twelve. Yeah, you got <laughs> but so you you're you're surprised because you uh, hadn't really paid attention. To, you were talking to Lord Scrope, but uh, I say, uh, says Lord Dacuzzi, stands up. It appears that uh, my fool, Mister Fidget Newton, who we all love and who King Richard so adores, has taken ill. It seems he's just take, he's eaten too many oysters. But I guess that's sort of the jackass he is. Now, I look around the room, and I notice that our good Lord Salisbury has seen fit to send his fool to our feast to serve Lord Scrope. Oh, fool! Yes, you! Why, well, you're strapping for a fool, aren't you? Yeah, well, not all, not all gestures are the same. Why don't you come? Some of us have respect. Why don't you come out here into the firelight so we can all see you? Ah, uh, yeah. All right. Sure. All right. Well, and this, uh, this, this does create. So I didn't think of this, but this could be like a distraction type period as well here. If, uh, if during this, uh, uh, Addison wanted to do something, because right now all eyes are on the fool. And uh, you want me to entertain you? Like uh, you want some jokes? Everyone would like some jokes. Well, I wonder if our good King Richard would like some jokes. He says, and the king stands up with, "Yeah, in fact, he is quite a strapping man for for a fool." I wonder what sort of jokes you have, fool," says the king. "Entertain us, please." All right, uh, let me think of some jokes. Uh, well, I don't know a lot, but uh, I've heard some. Uh, so there was this young woman, right? Uh, she was pregnant, and um, she's uh, about to give birth, right? So the midwife, uh, she grabs a candle, um, brings it up close to, uh, you know, the secret area. You know what I mean? And uh, to get a to get a closer look and see if the baby's coming, right? And um, so. Uh, the young woman, she says, uh, you might want to uh, also look on the other side because uh, my husband also has sometimes taken that road. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the oh back. My, there's some shocked, there's some shocked. Uh, uh, but but uh, when you say that about the the that the punchline, basically, uh, King Richard just beams and he titters. And he puts his his hand up against his mouth, like, "Oh, you're so naughty," he says, and back away. Indeed, he says as he looks over at Lord Buck and Futter, his companions. And uh, 
Uh, meanwhile, during this joke, what is it that Addison is doing? Are you just being entertained, or are you going to use the opportunity to make mischief? Ad- <clears throat> Addison is going to go into the kitchen and um, try to find like a pantry type area and l- l- loose his uh, falcon to. Uh, surely, there's got to be some rodents around. Oh right? yeah, there's there's tons of rats everywhere. But, but when you walk into the kitchen, there's this huge, fat, loud, angry-looking, red-headed man who comes up. No, no, no. What are you doing in here? I am Master Gamble, and these kitchens are my domain. What is it you need? Some dainty for your lord, perhaps? Candy deals? Not candied enough? No, I was just looking around, you know. Well, it's not... It's just hardly thought- to satisfy your curiosity. Now, what can we do for you here? Well, you've got a pantry with like dry goods. Of course, in we it. do the finest pantry in all of Kent. Well, could I have a look at it? Oh, no, you'll be your your own pantry. What is that from your livery? I see you're with what Lord Salisbury. I'm I'm a little I'm not up on my heraldry. Yes, yeah, that's right, Lord Salisbury. Well, I'm sure Lord Salisbury's pantry will look quite mean compared to Lord Dacuzzi's pantry. If you must see, come this way and. He, you pass by some roaring fires and uh, preparation tables. There's like dozens of servants in here prepping all kinds of things. And he flings open the door of the pantry proudly. And there's a shelf upon shelf upon shelf of uh, delicious things to eat and uh, hanging meats and hams and sides of beef and barrels. And ah, huh? what do you think of that? Oh my God! Oh my God, indeed. God himself would would envy such a pantry. Well, look, if you've got you've got you've got oats and you've got barley, you've got Lord Lord Salisbury it puts him to shame, and he's going to walk in and just pretend to be looking around in awe. Okay, I like that. And while he's doing that, uh, so says King Richard to you, uh, Mr. Blake. So, do you have any other naughty jokes of a ribald nature? Well, uh, I think I could, uh, come up with some more, yeah. Well, let's see, uh, so, uh, <clears throat> there was, uh, a young Florentine, and he was going down to the River Arno with a net to wash some wool, right, um, and he sees another young man down there, and he, and that man asked, uh, what you got that net for? And the other guy says, uh, I'm going to the brothel. And uh, I'm going to catch your mother. <laughs> and then the other guy says, well, be careful. Well, uh, you, 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 might be, you might find yours there as well. <laughs> His mom's a prostitute. Uh, yes, yes, yes. We, we, we were well, well, well aware of the subtext, says King Richard. I say, you are quite the funny fool. I, want, uh, I wonder if you've yeah. not come and uh, become my fool. What would you say to that? Uh, well, yeah, are you talking about just uh, for tonight, or are you talking about uh, as a permanent thing? Says Queen Isabella in French, and a few people who can speak French laugh, and uh, the king grows a bit red. Uh, well, perhaps uh, after a personal interview with us, we can see if you are worthy to keep us entertained on the longer term. Oh, I see you. Uh, yeah, you want to 
You want to have an interview and check my qualifications. Yes, your qualifications, yeah. What do you think, Lord Bach, Lord Futter? Do you think that he has the qualifications? Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes, 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 indeed, my lord. He has quite the qualifications. Oh, yes, he's very well qualified. Says Queen Isabella, and again, there's more laughter. And uh, let's go back to the pantry. All right. <clears throat> well, my intention was to, uh, you know, get somewhat out of sight. I mean, not completely, but, you know, or, 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 if, or completely if that's possible, but just, you know, kind of looking around wide eyed at all these, uh, you know, dry goods, and then just kind of like let the falcon go find a rat. Okay. And if I can go straight to it now, and of course this is hell because Master Gambon, you know, he's in charge of the entire kitchens and he's a perfectionist and so uh, he kind of leaves you, turns it back on you for a few minutes to go back. What are you doing? You're, you're messing, you're, you're ruining the candy on the candy deal. And runs back into the kitchens for a moment. And of course there's uh, rats in every castle and especially down around the, the back end of the pantry and your hawk or your falcon proudly brings back a nice fat rat too. Big nasty black one with a pink tail and uh, yeah it's almost the size of a meerkat this thing is is disgusting and of course his neck is hanging there broken and uh, Paul drops him dutifully at your feet and then takes up his perch again on your gloved arm well I'm going to uh, pocket said rat and uh Sneak back out to the uh, feast. Okay. Well, uh, let our fool come forward, says says King Richard. And he beckons you to come up to the table right near him. And, uh, yes, and now not Lord. every, you know, conversations go back to normal now. And so not everyone in the entire room is listening to this. And Dekusi is like, leaning over trying to make witty, flirtatious comments to the king's sister. And says, you know... Both uh, Lord Buck and Lord Futter agree with us that uh, you would definitely make a fine adornment to our household. You see, the good Queen Isabella and I do not see eye to eye on many factors. Oh, excuse me. We forgot the royal weave for that moment. <laughs> but we don't see eye to eye on many factors. And I believe that you would be a fine distraction for the good Queen Isabella. I think that... Uh, you would be a very time-consuming distraction for her. Leave me to my to my own entertainments. Do you know what I'm saying? Excuse me. We're forgetting the royal we. I've just had. A, I'm just a little. We're just a little bit tipsy. We started it like way early in the afternoon. Says the king. Yes, uh, I can uh, entertain for as long as you need or not mm. long if you exactly need. what I was going to suggest I think that we see eye to I think we see eye to eye don't we what was your name fool it's Gregory Blake at your service uh, yes I know you're at my service and hopefully you'll be at the Queen's service soon enough oh uh, I see uh, anyway by this time uh, he, he, he says, we will be we will talk to you later more about these things and he yes, gestures sir. you away, and you get back to Lord Scrope just about the time that uh, Addison is returning from the kitchens with the bulging pocket. <clears throat> Want some more wine, sir? Yes, yes, thank you. Now you're getting the hang of it, says Scrope. 
Yeah, but not for long. I'm moving up oh. in the world. That's right. I'm making a... King's quite a fan of me already. And I'm going to be a... F the, the, uh, the, the Queen is going to be quite a fan of me as well. Oh, really? Oh, you'll see. You know what they say about ambition? It killed the cat. Or am I mixing my metaphors again? Scrope. I don't know. You might want to talk to a falconer about uh, killing animals. Now where have that. you been? You smell of fresh bread, he says to Mr. Cooper. I was just checking out the kitchen, you know. Um, just wanted to, uh, you know, check out the kitchen. You know, uh, you know, because kitchens are, uh, you know, the sort of um, center of the home. As they oh, say. you're boring me. I wish I hadn't asked, says Lord Scrope. <laughs> okay, and... Uh, yeah, there you go. Meanwhile, uh, you can tell by now that uh, the marriage of King Richard and Queen Isabella is probably a loveless marriage. And uh, now I don't know what that has to do with Dacuzzi at all. But Dacuzzi, he's still most of his attention. He's still leaning over, uh, talking to the Princess Mary, but she doesn't look entirely enthused. She's smiling politely and nodding, but he's doing all the talking. And he's swinging his arm around at one point like he's telling about some battle he was in or something. Where's Jane sitting? She's sitting on the opposite side of Queen Isabella. Closest to Queen Isabella, at the, at the very end of the table, in fact. Jane being the plain sister of Jacuzzi. Right. Um, plain Jane. I'm going to... I'd like to go over to, uh, to Jane... Her eyes widen at the prospect of discussion with anyone, even a short, scrawny, balding uh, servant. Uh, Pardon the impertinence, m'lady, uh, but never have my eyes landed upon such a beauty as you possess. Oh, really? <laughs> I, 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 you flatter me, sir, she says. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, your laugh is, is like hearing chimes on the wind. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. And she stops and takes a sip of wine. Uh, you know, Queen Isabella's looking at you, too, like from a few seats away, not interfering, but just giving you this her kind of look. You know? <laughs> and, uh, oh, I see you in the service of Lord Salisbury, she says. Yes, that's right, that's right. Well, I, I'm so happy for your flattery, but you know that I could never be with a man who is not a noble. Yes, I, I know, I know, my lady. I, I, I know quite well, of course. And it, it does sadden me greatly. But I had to say something. I couldn't, I couldn't let my tongue be still. <laughs> I say there, chap, says... The Lord Dacuzzi. Hmm. Oh, yes, my lord. Yes, yes my lord. I, I see you uh, have some interest in my good sister. Oh, well, my lord, she is, she is of course, the most beautiful flower of a woman that I've ever laid eyes upon. Oh, yes. Oh, are you a poet, sir? Well, I know I'm a falconer. You see, I've got a bird on my hand. Yes, yes. I'm so surprised that uh, my sister, as much as I love her... You say she's so beautiful, yet you say this in the presence of our beautiful queen and our beautiful princess. Is 
Well, they're all fine too, but you know, she, does her laugh? Can you not hear it? <laughs> Very well. You have my leave to socialize with this servant. He says to his sister, and he sits back down and whispers something that is probably supposed to be funny into uh, Princess Mary's ears, but she rolls her eyeballs and takes a drink. And uh, while you're doing that, what is uh, what is uh, Gregory Blake doing? Hmm. I think he's scheming and. I think more than anything, he wants to uh, to get rid of uh, Lord. Uh, what's his face? So, uh, the Scrope, whatever. Lord Scrope. Lord yeah. Scrope. <laughs> um, but uh, I think he'll he'll join up uh, back with the okay. Falconer. And you guys are sort of now hovering down at that end of the uh, table, the raised table. You know, you've made your way into the a lot, being allowed to chit-chat with them, you know, through through Gregory's conversations with King Richard and uh, Addison's conversation with Dacusi and the good Lady Jane. And so I'm really looking forward to see what happens with that rat. Something tells me I'll find out soon enough. Quite. Uh, indeed. As a uh Having been granted permission to socialize with uh, Jane, um, <laughs> I mean, I assume these are like big long tables with like long benches. Uh, the ones out in the room are, and this this one probably has individual chairs though. But uh, there are stools okay. for a servant or something like that. You can easily pull up a stool, sit next to. Okay, uh, I'd like to pull up a stool and sit next to her and continue. Uh, socializing. Um, where is DeCusi relative to where I'm sitting? He, there's you, and then there's the Lady Jane, and then there's the Queen Isabel, and then there is the Princess Mary, and then there is DeCusi, and then there is the King, and then there is Lord Baggett. No, DeCusi, Baggett, King, Buck, and Futter. So he's he's like three or four people away from you. There are three ladies in between you and DeCusi. Two of whom are beautiful, and one of whom is. <laughs> tell me again, now. Tell me again of my beauty. <laughs> what? What is it like a like a beautiful flower, like a like a daisy? <laughs> you are. Hey, uh, is there something wrong with you? Did you get poisoned or something? What, what What's going on here? <laughs> oh, excuse me, my lady. Of course, I. Uh, I just want, uh, let me talk to, uh, my, uh, my servant here, uh, my fellow servant, uh... Don't, don't stay away very long! <laughs> are you, are you planning on, on diddling that thing? Whoa. Is that, is that, you got a, you got an angle or something you're gonna, oh, I don't, I, cause I, mate, I think you can do better. No, no, she, she, what are you talking about? She's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Oh, now I think you've, <laughs> I think you've, uh, been, uh, given something. I don't know what's going on, but, uh, they, they, this thing is, uh, this is a barnyard animal. No, I oh, will, I mean, maybe like, maybe like 
a beautiful sheep or something? I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, a different kind of beautiful, I guess. Well, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I just think maybe you've got different tastes than me. I think so. I think that's fair to say. But that said, I was working an ankle as well. Trying Are you going to let me in? Trying to get an ankle to throw this rat onto Dacuzzi's dinner plate. All right, all right. So a rat. Yeah, that might work. Um, yeah, maybe if you um, get the... Get a servant to do it or something. Get that drunk one. Well, I, I don't, I don't want, I don't, I don't want the servant to do it because the servant will then know who did it. <laughs> Not if he's drunk enough. Tell him it's a candied, uh, something or other. <laughs> Some, well, you know these, uh, us being lowly servants, we don't get to feast on these uh, exotic animals. Who knows what these people eat? Meanwhile, What's meanwhile you can meanwhile you can overhear Dacusi. He's now talking about the siege of Harfleur in France, and he's bragging about about uh, how many people went down under his sword arm, and how strong and brave and mighty he is, and so on and so forth. It's really irritating. I, I got an idea. Why don't, could you go like, tell a, a particularly long joke as a distraction, so every all eyes are on you? And then I'll, uh, and then I'll just sneak over and plop it onto his plate. I was, I was thinking distraction too. Myself would be good. Right. Um, I think I got maybe one more joke in me. It's not particularly long. I can try to stretch it out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think you'll be. We are sorry. So can, did I overhear you say you have another joke? Yeah, it's uh, it's a joke I ever heard once. I'd like to. I'd, I'd like to tell it, sure. Oh, yeah, do tell your do tell your funny joke. Come over here where we can all see you. And he, as you come stand in front of the table, the entire place is not stopping to listen to you, but everyone at the head table will be, and all their eyes are on you, especially Queen Isabella's. King Richard knows she's got a type. She's looking at you from under heavy eyelids. Right, Jane, oh. let's, let's listen to this great joke from the funniest fool who's ever lived. <laughs> All right, so there once was a bishop. He's an old bishop. Uh, he's lost a lot of his teeth, mm -hmm. right? And uh, he's, uh, he tells his, uh, his friend, he's also an old bishop, he tells him uh, he's worried about uh, losing more of his teeth because they're so loose, right? And um, the other bishop says, never fear. So he says, why not? And he says, because uh, my bullets have been hanging loose for the last 40 years and they haven't fallen <laughs> off yet. <laughs> bullocks. Hey, you know what else I can do? I can I can do physical comedy too. About juggling. Juggle some balls. I need some balls first. Here's some balls. <laughs> and I'm going to... I'm going to punch... I'm not going to make you roll for that either because it's like such a surprise. And uh, what do you do when that happens? Or what? <laughs> so during the yeah. joke part, I, I, I was going to like, uh, first of all, I told Jane to pay attention so that she wasn't, wouldn't be looking. Now, what I'm visualizing is that I'm kind of at 
one end of the table and Dacusi's kind of this way and the joke's being told and all eyes are facing away yeah, from me with that's what exactly I was. exactly what it was. Okay, good. So what I was going to do was like just get up from my uh, spot and kind of back away a little bit and just take a couple s steps up towards Dacusi and just see if I could just wing this little dead rat onto his dinner plate. Okay. Now, I don't know about the timing of this, though, in relation to the getting punched in the balls. So, I'm just going to... I'm going to assume you hadn't quite gotten there yet, and the ball punch happens first. I'm going to say the... Uh, uh, yeah, because, like, uh, it would be funny if he got, gets punched in the balls, and then he, he lurks well, forward. Well, that's exactly what I'm picturing. And, the and he, first of all, <laughs> the whole place is shocked. I mean, this is just absolutely un heard of and you, and of course he's just been bragging about his mighty sword arm and so on and so forth you say bulls and you punch him right in the balls uh, the king bursts out in this titter of nervous laughter when this happens the princess Mary laughs really hard but you'll remember the eye patch steely haired Lord Baggett who is uh, Dacusi's right hand man he leaps up and pulls out his blade and then in the next millisecond a rat lands on Dacuzzi's plate. So first he's hitting the balls, and he's like, <gasps> and sinks back into himself for a second, leans forward, and then the rat appears on his plate, and he emits this high-pitched little girl scream. He jumps up, ah! 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 he's waving his arms around. Even his own servants and people are laughing at him. There's laughter. Uh, you know, the king puts his hand to his forehead and shakes his head sadly. And Dacusi uh, rushes out of the place. Um, his servants rush up and get rid of the uh, the rat. But uh, Lord Baggett leaps over the table and swings his sword at you, fool. And have at you, have at you, oh, fool, he says. And uh, both of you make act rolls. He's got a six. You want lower than him. And he's a... Do I need to roll two? Uh, no, he's or? just attacking the fool right now. In fact, you guys are on opposite sides of the table. You can consider yourself that Addison's behind the table and uh, Gregory is in front of the table. And like I say, he rolled a six, but I'm giving him a five because he's got a better weapon than me. Oh, two. well. You get to narrate how you wound him then. Then you get the joke. It's about <laughs> bullocks. Stab oh, him my in God. the bullocks. <laughs> uh, well, he also screams. Okay, by this time, by this time, you know, the household staff is, is the household knights, you know, who were at the tables feasting are now all standing up. But Dacusi, he, he's been successfully humiliated. Uh, Princess Mary is laughing so hard she could, she almost falls out of her chair. Even the king thinks it's funny. And, uh, as the guys all rush up with their swords drawn to stab you to death. Because no, 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 no. Please do not stab off our fool. He is quite hilarious, although he certainly cannot be allowed to strike with impunity his betters. But where is our Lord Dacusi? Where, what, ha what has happened to him? And of course, Dacusi's run off, completely embarrassed. I suppose he hides somewhere in his castle. Hmm. Then again, we would hate to see his sister live a lifetime of spinsterhood. Therefore, you two who have entertained me so well, please step forward. And it turns out you don't need to wait for Lord Salisbury to ennoble you. 
because he takes out, he, well, Lord, Lord Futter hands Richard a sword. He's like way too heavy for him, you know. Kneel before me, fool. Kneel before me, falconer. I'm always forgetting the royal we. so, so preposterous. Well, all right then. Uh, sure, sure. Yes, my lord. Fool, then I shall knight you, Sir Gregory of Blake. And he lays a sword on your shoulder. And you, sir, I shall knight you, Sir Adathan of Cooper. And he lays his sword upon your shoulder. And now I do believe that you save the good Lady Jane from spinsterhood, that the Archbishop Lawton Smiley will be pleased to marry you right now in front of God and everyone. Oh, <laughs> Mary, 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 oh, Jesus Mary, Christ. Mary, Lady Jane says as she rushes down. Oh, you want me to punch you in the balls too? What? No, it would. It would. It it might, it might make my erection go away. <laughs> God, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Oh, what was that joke about the bishop? I'll be giving her my bishop tonight. Oh, that's right. <laughs> well, and the Archbishop Lawton Smiley begins his intonation of the wedding. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Queen Isabella looks across the wedding and gives Gregory Blake a wink. Yeah, I was just going to say, <clears throat> I've, uh, even though I'm knighted now, what I did was unacceptable and I should be punished. And I think the Queen is uh, the person to do that. Oh, so that's the lay of the land, says King Richard. You and I have more in common than I thought we did. <laughs> there's me forgetting the royal we again. <laughs> and you know what? I think that that's as good a place as any to go ahead and wrap up our uh, Yuletide episode. Congratulations. You, you are minor nobles. All right. <laughs> bit, of a, bit of a season finale. Yeah, this is our season finale, and we'll be back in the icy age of January, where I, uh, yes. I'm just going to say we're going to play GURPS Ice Age starting next season. Yes, and uh, we want to thank you for sticking with us, and you are true fans, and we appreciate you listening to us and uh we will see you next year in 2021 it can't be any fucking worse than no it can't fuck you 2020 and good riddance